Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Hey, listeners. So, guess what? Funny story. In an alternate universe, uh, this podcast would have been based on Miguel Nunez's performance in Return of the Living Dead, and it would have been called We Ain't Got No Towels. But instead, it's Them Damn Enchiladas, the podcast, is the name of this show. This is episode 75. That's right. 75 episodes in the can. I'm Adam Griffin. I'm joined by Carlos Rivera, Rob Christie, podcast producer. What star? Mark Warren, lurking in the background. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all doing fantastic. It's been a couple weeks. So, uh, it's time. It's time to talk about Malignant and Barbarian. And uh, I would like to formally apologize for picking these two movies back to back because I did not realize how screwed up they were. So, in that vein, what would you all like to talk about first based on how screwed up you thought the movies were? Malignant or Barbarian? Your choice. I think we should start with Barbarian and work our way to Malignant because Malignant, I I have a lot to say. I, I think the question, which of those two movies is more screwed up? is impossible to answer because the answer is yes <laughs> it's both real real messed up in very different ways but yeah i'm down to talk about barbarian first if uh if that's the direction we want to go all right so barbarian first uh, it um I, I, I will let Rob, since you made the call, I will let you field how you want to start things off. Well, so the movie starts out, uh, for the sake of this conversation, assume that uh, I knew nothing at all about that movie before I went to watch it, because that is, in fact, the case. I didn't know a damn thing about it before I went to watch it. So I'm going into it thinking, is this going to not taking into account the description is just the beginning of the movie. I'm like, is this going to just turn into kind of a run of the mill slasher type movie where uh, the allegedly innocent uh, guy who wound up in the same Airbnb as the uh, protagonist just starts, you know, starts doing more suspect and more suspect behavior and just turns out to be a murderer the whole time. And boy, is that not the direction that movie went at all? (laughs) Not even kind of. 
and the um uh, one thing I have to say about Barbarian real quick, that movie did a very good job of uh creating tension with uh with the with a really pretty simple environment. You're in a house in a fucked up neighborhood, granted, but you're in a house. You go into a basement that's kind of just kind of like looks like roughly hewn and unfinished. And then she spots and pulls on a rope and finds uh, some of the worst shit imaginable. Yeah, you got a camera. And you got a bucket. And you got a rickety old cot with a stained mattress. Real uh, stained. Uh, uh, not not a uh, not good guest conditions whatsoever. Uh, so Carlos, barbarian. Who who keeps extra toilet paper in the in the in the basement anyway? Frank. Frank. Frank Jeez. does. <laughs> Like like Rob said, it it, it 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 put us down a path that we thought we were gonna go with the you know the seemingly unstable uh, double booking at an Airbnb. I thought that was a horror story in itself. But when she like really like I was bothered. I was bothered. If you and somebody's Airbnb, are you really gonna go pull on a rope that's down this down open door? No. Well, I mean, like, no, but also we know first, second, third, eighth hand that people do dumb shit. <laughs> Especially in horror movies, people do dumb shit. But like, after, you know, after the past couple of years, yeah, I'll buy it. I'll take it. Yeah, somebody will pull on a dumb rope <laughs> where, where it is. Yeah, sure. Why not? Like was that? I'm just you know I'm I'm questioning because me and Airbnb we've never really had a good a good time together. So I feel like this is the epitome of what happens in an Airbnb is bad shit. Um, but she was so good, uh, Tess. Yeah, she Tess did was a very really good. good. Did a really really good job of portraying. Um, because it's it's so weird because in the middle of the day she just goes out to her interview like nothing. You know, like everything yeah. starts off weird that night, but then the next day she wakes up, she goes, does her does her thing, and she goes and, back, and then it just Pandora's box opens once she pulls that rope. She she got to snooping, and uh, that that never ends well. No, <laughs> no, invest. Investigating in horror movies, does it ever? Is there ever been an occasion where anything good happened because you decided to push on the suspicious looking shelf or uh, refit the book that was hanging out of the bookshelf or what have you? No, 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 never, I mean, but it, and it, it never will. It, I mean, but it, in, in, in Tessa's case, um, who was played by Georgina Campbell, does an excellent job. In Tessa's case, she doesn't do anything horrifically wrong you know what i'm saying like it's it's all it's all surface level stuff um that 
in in a normal world, which obviously does not exist. Uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a more just world, again, doesn't exist. Um, there's no consequence to pulling on a rope, you know, in, in that context. But you know, she's in this dilapidated neighborhood that was uh, previously terrorized uh, by Richard Blake, uh, Richard Brake in flashback. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just and that setup alone, that twist, uh, where you you think it's it's Bill Skarsgård's character. Is that the right Skarsgård? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that is correct. That's, right. That's the, the correct Skarsgård. Scotchguard, Scotchguard, not Scotchguard. Put, put that Scotchguard. term in the list. Um, uh, she's got Bill Scotchguard's character, who is, you know, starts off in in that kind of squirrely, sketchy, flighty portrayal of uh, characters of a certain ilk. You know that that kind of almost uh, shady awkwardness, I guess. You could put it where you kind of think something's up, but it's a faint because the, the real actual monster is this, um, I guess, poor, <laughs> just, just what a, what a shit show yeah. that, that's going on underneath that house. Uh, the, the, the subject of the movie itself, the, barbarian if you will but not really just it's it's fucked up <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make an assertion here y'all are free to disagree or discuss it the barbarian has got to be frank right like that almost has to be who they're talking about frank is the uh is is the titular barbarian uh, well it's, it's it's several different characters right it's uh it's Frank Richard Brake's character is the obvious choice, but um the the wronged barbarian, if you will, could also be the the I'm gonna say it again, the the right Skarsgard, <laughs> Keith Bill Skarsgard character. But the actual barbarian is uh Justin Long's character. Absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah, because yeah. I do. For, I forgot about AJ. How did I forget about AJ? Beyond Jesus. scumbag. Yeah. Like if if uh, if Bill Skarsgård has the quintessential sketchy, awkward performance of the movie, I think Justin Long has the quintessential scumbag gets everything coming to him. He deserves all this bullshit and then some portrayal. someone who is beyond reproach you know beyond redemption at first I thought maybe is I first maybe I thought oh this dude's just having a bad day right and then it's like no no the the game the the game the movie keeps feeding you evidence that this is an actual scumbag all the accusations are well-founded in truth and fact he doesn't believe he did anything wrong. He goes through that whole movie believing that nothing he's doing is wrong. And then it fucking looks like he's going to he's going to get away deep in that movie too. And I was just like, "Oh, come on now. Come on now. He can't be the one that walks away from this. This is bullshit." 
<laughs> then but spoiler he got, alert, he wasn't. <laughs> he got it good. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, he, yeah. I mean, he had that one point where you think, okay, is he going to redeem himself? Is he, are they going to do this? And no. <laughs> and no. He, then he shoves her off the goddamn he roof. Shoves, yeah, he, should, he shoves Tess off the roof. What a turn, man. Great performance, but holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Then you get that picture of the, the uh, how, do, how was that phrased? A copy of a copy of a copy. Jumps off and manages to put herself between Tess and the goddamn asphalt. It's like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Jesus. And just to briefly mention this, there weren't a lot of kills in that movie. They were all brutal as hell. <laughs> like you can't rip a man's arm off and beat him to death with it. That just isn't polite. But it was necessary. Well, Not for that guy. He didn't yeah. deserve it. Well, he was, well talking, he was talking tough. <laughs> he was like, I know how to hide from here. That's true. Well, he that, did. That's, well, see, that's see? Un- that's unfortunate. Uh, that's an unfortunate uh, story decision there. That was, that, that was my only thing. Like he didn't, he didn't get dumb until he let his guard down, and that's not that that that's a uh, that's an intentional break right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it, it was an unfortunate decision. I'll put it that way. Good character to that point. All is all I expected. Is, yeah. I expected more from him. All of his brains. We're in the right spot until that point. And then uh, they were on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that's that was just that's bad. That's bad. Like one of the I'm gonna say three actual sympathetic characters that were in the movie for longer than, you know, thirty seconds. Cause the lady that Frank uh, visits would have been a sympathetic character if she'd had any time to develop into a character instead of just being a you know, a plot point, essentially. Yeah. Just to kind of show you, this is what Frank is, and it's not pleasant. Yeah, that scene where um, he's in the grocery store. Very, uh, very convenient how he doesn't pick anything up. All he does is push the cart. There are no fingerprints in the, on the items handed to him in the store. Everything is bagged up. He carries the bag. He doesn't touch any items. Wild, wild stuff. Richard Brake has become the go-to guy. If you were like, if you got like, if you got like a screwed-up movie, and you just want to kick it up a notch, you put Richard Brake in there. That'll when, uh, <laughs> that'll wipe you out real quick. When when I saw Richard Brake, I was like, I know this man. I haven't I haven't seen him in that much stuff. And the first thing that I saw him in was Three from Hell. Which is a movie that some people have mixed feelings about. <laughs> but uh, I was just like, I've I recognized him. And I was like, that dude said like eight words throughout the whole movie. And just gave off the creepiest goddamn aura I have maybe ever seen. Just like, ooh, no. Ew. 
Did you notice how he was wearing the other dude's um, utility uniform and his neighbor didn't say anything? Yeah. Like, he clearly has the wrong name on, 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 on the, you know, on the chest. And the guy doesn't, doesn't do nothing. And the name was like Carlos, too. <laughs> it was like Jose. Yeah, what the, what the fuck happened to that neighborhood? Uh, like, it doesn't, because it didn't just have, I'm sorry, sorry, Griff, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It, it didn't have the look of a place that just encountered, say, an economic downfall. It had a place, look of a place that entered, that uh, ran into economic downfall, and then somebody set off a series of bombs in. Well, my that thought place was, was fucked. Yeah, my thought was, um, uh, well, there were t- tunnels under that house, but I was thinking that those tunnels extended throughout the whole neighborhood. So the whole thing falls in disarray, right? And properties get bought up on the cheap. The only one available is is from the shady leasing company uh, who keeps the one house good so they can rent it out for cheap and still make money on it. But they let everything else go to shit. So it's it's there by design. So That actually instead that of pointing me, uh... Instead of pointing to uh, the fact that it's fucked up due to neglect, due to neglect, they say, "Okay, yeah, it's because of this crazy dude that lives near the water tower down the street." And rants about all the houses being in disarray, but it's really factors that are not that. Get out that house! Don't go in there. That, Get out that house. That leads me to another question. Who's who's leaving the fake Airbnb listings? Is the realtor in on this shit? Uh, well, I was thinking that, but then I thought, as, as screwed up as Airbnbs are in general, I mean, how many horror stories, fun intended, uh, how many horror stories about screwed up B&B listings have we seen regardless? About people getting overbooked, people screwing up houses on purpose. You name it, it's been written about, right? I just thought it was up due to like just ignorance and, and bad scheduling. One hand not knowing what the other one was doing. One because that place was run just enough to make me think that. Like AJ's calling his contact there. And they have that whole back and forth that, that they're not connecting on, obviously. Just, you know, people don't care. It's like somebody's here. No, we're not renting that place out. Okay, but somebody's here. What the hell's wrong with you? That's so you think it's twist. just... <laughs> the, the real twist would be if the creature underneath was just cogn- cognizant enough <laughs> to do all the listings. Doing Airbnb listings. I was just thinking, they know. I don't. I don't think. Craigslist. I don't think Frank's down there in the basement leaving a Craigslist postings oh, no. for no. Uh, for house rentals. <clears throat> so, uh, another question. I'm just going to ask because I was kind of wondering about it when it happens in the movie. Uh, why dude shoot himself? State he was in. You think he was just? No, I'm dying anyway. The I'm fact not that gonna... his uh his little plot and scheme got turned on him. Think about it. He was running whatever fucked up operation was down there. He was I doing mean, he was doing the the 
the uh, the borrowed plot from Don't Breathe with Stephen Lang, right? How many I, rows of tapes were there? Like <laughs> two yeah. or three? Yeah, it, it screwed up, right? So he's been doing that for, for, for how many years? Um, finally, his 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 actions come back to haunt him quite literally. He's the one that's, that's tied up. And he says, you know what? I'm I'm gonna check out. I'll be that's, out. That that's uh that's probably it. Just it, it, it does the whole I mean, the whole Airbnb plot just make it a more fucked up movie in general? Yeah. Yeah, because at that point you think, oh, well, it's obvious. Bill Skarsgård is the one, right? He's the threat. He's acting like the threat. He does weird shit that makes him feel like a threat. Until spoiler alert. <laughs> Until he is no longer the threat. And black then, uh, black. And, say, and then he gets, you know, his head gently bumped into the wall. About nine, about nine times. He's fine. He's fine. He's, he's just tripped several times. He thought how, it was did funny. He get, doing it. how did he get down there? Is a good question. He did he pull walking. on the same rope? No. Uh, he went further ahead. Remember, they went down. He was like, he didn't want to check it out. He said, I'm just going to go look. He went to go look. He went to go look. He went to go look. <laughs> and then he's like, nope. That was it. And eventually Tess is like, God damn it. I'm gonna go chase this dumbass. And then, she had a good uh, job interview. Yeah. And, that worked out well. Think... She had a, a very good job interview. <laughs> yeah, how many how many people know that, that neighborhood screwed up? Because she was like, yeah, I, live, I, I stay in such and such. Like, what? Really? No. So everybody's in on this aspect of how screwed up that part of, part of town is, right? But not to the extent to actually do anything about it. And then the cops are useless. Well, they're cops. And then they're movie cops. And movie cops. So they're useless twice. That's what you're yes. saying. Well... You know, police now and in, in, in this kind of stuff is it's always gonna be that's a hard that's a hard thing to do, hard thing to portray now. Considering everything we're everything we, we end up seeing uh concerning law enforcement, whatever, right? I, uh, I feel like it, there's it, one good cop in the entirety of horror movies. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dewey. Yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah, it's allowed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of cops, do we do we want to say anything else about Barbarian, or shall we move on to Malignant? Uh, I think we might have covered everything for Barbarian, but yeah, uh, just to let everybody know, yes, Barbarian was written and directed by Zach Kreger. Um, everyone was clamoring for a sequel. He was like, "No, I'm not interested." Which, hey. More standalones, the better. Let let people be one and done. Uh, let folks get inspired. Say what they got to say and get out. Because, hey, you know, not everything needs to be a franchise. Um, speaking of front, one movie that we covered uh, that could be considered that would be Saw. Not everything needs to be a franchise. Think about it, if you will. 
what would a thematic sequel to Saw look like if it was a one and done? Well, I think we saw our answer with Malignant. Uh, we saw something. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> we saw we saw a fun movie. Uh, I'm thinking Carlos thinks otherwise because we saw something. Usually means somebody's got something to say. So, Carlos, um, uh, I I will I will set you up with this. I think that Malignant was a very fucked up episode of Law and Order. SVU. Your thoughts? Um, in that vein, yes, I can see how that could be come across as a Law and Order episode. Um, with our with good old Detective Finn Tutuola, and, and let me tell you, this movie, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. It's very upsetting to me that once it happened. Once the, the turn happened, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh. Uh, the, what, what was his name? Detective Shaw? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kakatoa Shaw or whatever. Kakatoa Shaw. Doing the, trying to, trying to flirt his way with the sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting choice. <laughs> I was like, I was going along with the movie. I was like, all right, this seems interesting, especially with the beginning, you know, like, oh, I should have seen it coming. I just, I, I, once I said, we got to get rid of the, you know, we got to get rid of it. <laughs> we got to cut the cancer out. Cut out like, the oh, cancer. the cancer out. I should have, I should have, I should have seen it coming. I I definitely got kind of fooled by the like the movie title when she says we got to cut out the cancer and thinking that that was a little more literal than it wound up. Well, not even that because they were definitely trying to remove can uh, cancer. That's how you want to phrase that. A, a, a malignancy, Rob. Yeah, it, yeah. This thing is malignant. Sure, and it has is. got to go, but it did not go. It receded because what the fuck? <laughs> that that shot in particular, like that whole bit, was fucked. And then they showed that we're just gonna shove this face back into your skull. And I was just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. <laughs> when we turn around and see Gabriel coming out of her back. I was I I I I paused the movie. <laughs> well, I paused the movie and I, I need was just drink. like, I need something to make sense <laughs> to me because that was the fu- might have been one of the funnest reveals. It looked like a it looked like a Fraggle Rock. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on here? What is going on here? What did Adam make me watch? Yes, and, and then they just fucking just carve the pe- carve pieces of him off. It's just like, damn. But Turned complete removal like... would have killed her. It's like <laughs> shoving a face back into her brain didn't kill her. What the fuck? <clears throat> 
I mean, it was so horrible. That reveal. That reveal is what bothers me the most about this movie. The movie was good. It's not bad. It was was weird. It was totally weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. But what was. You just didn't like the, the, the effects work in that part? I no, just just the reveal. I was just <laughs> he's like <laughs> I'm I was kind of more bothered by the trans the when you get to witness the transformation. That bothered me more than the initial reveal. Like, don't get me wrong, the initial reveal was fucked up. But then, you know, when the face emerged, when she revealed the face in the back of her head in the in the jail, and then her limbs started literally twisting themselves around, I was just like, "Uh, uh-uh, oh no, don't do this." <laughs> and then starts walking backwards. What great choreography, right? It was <laughs> so good, but I was just like, "No." Also, it, just as a friendly reminder, uh, a good philosophy in life is if is uh, don't start none, won't be none. Because if these other ladies hadn't decided to fuck around with her, none of this shit would have happened to them. Yo, man, that, that was movie jail. That, let me tell you, that, that scene was so prototypical of what a women's <laughs> jail scene would be like in any, in any show or movie. And they just, oh, all right, Pollyanna, you you think you sick? Nope, just wait for my, just wait for my brother. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Mark uh, reminded me about, um, and I, I didn't intend for this this uh, this double feature to highlight scumbaggery and, and dipshit men on film and in general, but uh, uh, this movie starts out with this piece of shit. <laughs> Husband, who his character I name I don't care about uh, one bit. He's like this waste of space, right? <laughs> just lounging on the bed, shoes on, lounging on the bed, watching TV. Has a fit because she turned off uh, the TV. <laughs> watching UFC, Mark points out UFC. So yeah, scumbag alert, right? He's he's probably kind of dude. It's like talking about. Uh, uh, <laughs> talking about MMA, but doesn't know what he's talking about. Just talking about sprawls and shit, but has no concept of fighting whatsoever. Uh, gets mad. Pie faces and shoves her into the wall where there's a fucking <laughs> mark of blood. Like it's it it's horror before the actual horror starts. So when he gets it. It's great, but I I just I was reminded Mark reminded me of how much of a piece of shit that dude was, and um, I think it's Hall of Fame worthy, especially just because he puts that poor woman's skull into the wall, and it leaves a dent in the goddamn wall. Like, what are we dealing with here? Obviously, some fucked up shit based on the movie, but <laughs> just. Wow. They make sure, you know, that that dude didn't just suddenly decide to, you know, wake up and choose violence one day either. Like he was a, 
you know, a on record piece of shit Hab- beforehand. Habitual yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Just woke up just bad. Just... Yeah, but man, what a, what a, what a movie. What is it? It, was, it was like the the best distillation of late 90s early aughts horror movies. Just that weird shit you watch on like late night Showtime or Cinemax brought in the 2021 or 22 when it came out or whenever it came out because time has fallen in on itself based on the past couple of years. So uh, 2021, excuse me. Yeah, because Barbarian was 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Can we... Uh, you mentioned like late night... Uh, we'll say like late night 90s horror. Also with a smattering of uh, late night 90s action flick. As Gabriel yes. tears his way through the entirety of wherever the fuck they're at. And I, they're in Seattle. Just tears his way through the entire SPD. Get in front of that man. Nope. Yeah. You, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. No, you fucked up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that uh, police uh, department fight was. Damn, that was good. That chair toss. <laughs> Hold this. <laughs> um, But a lot of like great. Uh, atmospheric and fantastical effects in this too. Uh, Mark reminded me us of the uh, the overhead shot in the house. That that overhead perspective where you see through the ceiling and you get to see uh, characters running through the house and stuff. Just great camera work in general. Um, like with the various scene shifts and everything. Just what a. It's, Great movie. I wonder how it would have done in theaters. Like without the pandemic. Because people people would have been laughing their asses off on the review. Yeah. yeah. Like I did. But like, word of mouth, I think I think internet word of mouth heard it because the night it came out, um it was again, it was the parade. What, what the fuck is this? I don't understand what's happening. What's it? Well, you get off your goddamn phone. If you watch the movie, you might get those questions answered. But uh, that's you know that's the that's the curse of uh, reactionary movie watching, I suppose. But yeah, as, as far as I'm concerned, as much as uh, as much as thematically, I think there could be a sequel based on the experimentation side of things. I hope this is also one done. So I want to see if uh, I want to see if uh, James Wan can just tell these stories in this format rather than you know being franchised and stuff with everything. Um, Wikipedia brings up the fact that from a critic's point of view, it might have been intended as parody or self-parody, and I don't think so. I think it's straightforward. I mean, sometimes you got to put goofy shit out there. Regardless of if it's parody or not. And James Wan has put out a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. That's uh and I, I think I think there's a there's a difference between what could be perceived as parody or self parody and just being earnest about whatever work you're producing. 
And I think I think um, James Wan's output leads more towards being earnest rather than any sort of elements of self-parody. I think there there might be commentary in the fact that um, in fact that uh, puppetry comes up again, uh, not just in this, but in like Dead Silence, that other puppet movie. Uh, Billy the Puppet from Saw, and now you have Madison, who is literally in the actual sense of the word puppeted. Her body is puppeted by um, the remaining elements of her brother, pretty much. Why does the phrase "remaining elements" bother me? It's just because uh... they cut part of him. Because, <laughs> It was. They cut part of him out. Because they they cut him out and then they shoved. (laughs) (laughs) They shoved the brain that they share back into her skull. They smushed him. They almost went full (laughs) quato. They're like, no. Uh, Great. Ah, damn. Now, the best was when she, she files the. She does the sketch with the sketch artist. <laughs> and the sketch artist and sketch artist did a fantastic job because that looked, looked exactly like him. But I was just like, what the hell is she looking at? <laughs> that the sketch artist is just like or the detective holding up the sketch is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's just like, oh, this is she was funny. The the female detective. Yeah. She was great. She was funny. She called him out on his shit every single time. Yep. yep. It was a great performance. Uh, but those little hands coming out the back of oh, I just can't. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm just not gonna forget that. I'm not gonna forget that scene for a while. <laughs> kind of worth kind of worth noting that it definitely feels like they left deliberate space for a follow-up to that story. Yeah. Since you well, know, get, you can't really kill Gabriel. No, and well, that that brings up a great point about the ending because that ending's a little too on the nose. Um, it's very neat. The dialogue is very perfunctory. It's very, very deliberate in what it says. Big word, big word. You'll be fine. They'll be fine. Everybody'll be fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's in the dictionary. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. Um. Uh, yeah, that ending very neat, but considering what we saw beforehand with that false ending, um, are they in a feedback loop where they're just giving the other entity what they want? Uh, is it is this another version of the door slam at the end of Saw, where they're in another locked room, but this time it's in a mind palace? Could be. Like you said, not everything needs to be a franchise, but it seems like a lot of things would like to be. Or in that case, maybe. uh, (laughs) Maybe that was that was a just a deliberate decision in case they ever want to go back to that. Just we can. Here's all these loose threads. All the all the principal characters survive. So 
Who knows? That would be like an, an interesting take, I guess. Um, yeah, not everything needs to be a franchise, and Lord knows we don't need a uh, we don't need another James Bond property get hit with a Hoffman, uh, as Mark points out. So, <laughs> um, uh, but I do think that there there are a lot of different elements that any sort of continuation uh, could kind of kind of touch on, like. You know, does Madison have to keep providing these different scenarios in which Gabriel wins in order to keep him locked up, so to speak? You know, how does uh, does she end up? Is there a reversal where she ends up pulling a Bill Bixby <laughs> and and having to move on to various towns uh, before well, Gabriel can show back up? Like, what's you know? There's a lot of different things they can do. It just doesn't have to be. A uh, a direct sequel, you know all this with all the screwed up shit that that hospital did. Are there other more elements uh, like Gabriel out there? You know how many other entities can converse through electrical equipment? Uh, who else is going to fuck up somebody's pacemaker? Like so much, so much stuff that they can do. <laughs> Like the only cop you ever feel you feel any real sympathy for, not a lot, but just a just enough that he was, was he was he was he was he did his job. Yeah, he's yeah. Fine. And then the pacemaker pops. It's like, oh shit, that was kind of crazy though. Which is which to me is also disturbing and confusing that he has you know he can converse through electronics and power them. I didn't realize that was the power of a. You can get that power coming on the back of his head. Uh, yeah, you know, electricity in the brain. Communication, we still don't know how shit works. <laughs> so, synopsis and stuff. Yeah. 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 Science. Um, Science. Uh, James Wan uh, <laughs> cited that he was influenced by Dario Gento, mainly Tenebrae, Cue the Music, Phenomena, and Trauma. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of different influences and links. Nice little homage to a lot of different things in Malignant. But yeah, That's I it. dug it. I don't, you know, I don't need a sequel, but I hope we get more storytelling in that vein where people just put what they want to put it on screen. Just go in, go in on it. We need more of that. And I kind of, I kind of hope if they do a sequel. We find out that Gabriel has ha, is the one, like the one who has ultimately tricked Madison into thinking she's in control. God damn. Rob's having Rob's having. Well, excuse me. Uh, Rob's anyway, having, uh, having, a, having a deal. Yeah. Having a deal. But, ooh, ooh, ooh. but my hope was that uh is that uh She's the one who's been tricked, and meanwhile, Gabriel is just cruising from place to place, just murdering everyone he runs across. Yeah, yeah. We we need we need more action horror. I think it, more singular based action horror. Just let's let's see some of these cool designs just go on a tear, you know. Um, uh, I do want to see James Wan do another original horror movie again down the road after Aquaman since we didn't get the uh, 
the horror version of Aquaman 2 with the trench and all the, the weird Lovecraftian Cthulhu shit. I would like to see him pick that thread up again one day in a more original setting because WB and DC uh, diminishing returns in that regard. So that was that was that was said fairly nicely. That was a very polite way to phrase that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I watched Flash last week, and oh, I'm sorry, I still haven't. Yeah. I, we can talk no. about it. It's a horror movie. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> both, both literally and figuratively. Yeah. Excuse literally? me. Literally, <laughs> literally, as in literally, literally, the the right usage. It is a horror show to some degree. Yes, <laughs> very much blatantly so. Interesting. Uh, both, both in performance and in uh, plot choices, Mark, for horror movie purposes. Um. <laughs> Uh, speaking of horror movie purposes, next time we're going to delve into more recent stuff. Uh, some more recent stuff. Namely, Prey, Hellraiser 2022, and Texas Chain No Space Saw Massacre 2022. <laughs> because there's a difference between Texas Space Saw and Texas No Space Saw that we'll get into next time. Uh, but any any final thoughts on on this week's uh, movies, folks? Before we head on out of here, just make sure if you ever have a headache to check for a, a, a malignant tumor that might be part of you. Well, that that's yeah. yeah care, carefully <laughs> inspect the back of your head for an entire face and a pair of T Rex arms. If there is a horizontal crack in the back of your skull. <laughs> if every you, every time you lay down uh, or put the back of your head on something you see a blood stain despite the fact that your wound should have healed weeks ago uh, maybe maybe see a professional yeah do not call ghostbusters go no. see a professional and speaking of professional I will not be professional as we get out of here I will simply say <laughs> thank you for listening and we will see you next time. I guess that was professional. I don't know. I'm trying to be nice. Who knows these days? Anyway, thanks, y'all. Take care. We'll see you again. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Welcome, everyone, to Comics School, the podcast that takes you on an exciting journey through the captivating world of comics and education. I'm your host, Mike Dando, an education researcher, teacher educator, and above all, lifelong comics nerd. Join me as we delve into the powerful intersection of popular culture, civic literacy, and classroom pedagogy. Here at Comic School, we believe that comics are so much more than just colorful pages and speech bubbles. They are a gateway to imagination, a source of inspiration, and a medium for deep and meaningful learning. In each episode, we'll be bringing you engaging discussions with a wide range of guests in various fields. Together, we'll explore everything from effective literacy teaching strategies to the visionary designs of Cities for Tomorrow. 
Whether you're a lifelong comics aficionado, an educator looking for innovative teaching strategies, or simply someone curious about the power of visual storytelling, we've got something special in store for you. Comic School brings you engaging discussions with an array of extraordinary guests. Comic School. Buy comics, folks, for everyone. Thank you.